0: You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny, and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope you are sipping on some fizzy Housewives inspired rosé right now. Packing a punch at 14% alcohol by volume but less than a gram of sugar. You can head over to nofilterwine.com to stock up on your Housewives inspired rosé. We have cans inspired by Beverly Hills, New Jersey, Atlanta and New York. Who knows what's happening with New York? Is it coming back? Is it never coming back? I think it'll come back eventually. Which is why you should stock up on wines. So that while you don't have your New York in your life, you can have some mention at all rosé. Say nofilterwine.com. I've worked very hard on this guy, so please go and support it. And the ones that have supported it, thank you. And thank you for helping us sell out of our limited edition Potomac cans. Drag me is officially donezos, and I'm so, so grateful. I'm excited for today's guest because um, you guys like to to remind me that I'm not a real lawyer, but she actually is a real lawyer. And I love when her and I agree on things because then, you know, even though I play Elwoods on my podcast, she validates my opinions and she's just oh so smart. And I love when she's talking about things beyond housewives i love when she talks about white claw lawsuits and i love when she talks about freeing britney and i love when she talks about you know all the 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 tea that i need the scoop on on all of her lives on her youtube channel please welcome the legal analyst expert commentator extraordinaire miss emily d baker
1: Hello. Thank you for having me. And it's okay, Zach. Twitter likes to tell me I'm not a real lawyer either. So it's totally fair. It's good. How how is that? not? How are you not a real lawyer? I know. It's funny. With 15 years experience, it really doesn't bother me when people are like, you're not even a real lawyer. I'm like, I think it's because you think real lawyers can't be fun or have purple hair. I just don't fit the mold of what a... (laughs) traditional lawyer looks like for a lot of people, but traditional lawyers tend to be pretty miserable. So I'm really happy doing commentary.
0: Well, I think what you need to do now is like, just be so active and messy on Twitter. Cause I feel like that's what real lawyers do nowadays. Like 2021 <laughs> has set the bar.
1: It's hot. Yeah, exactly. And I really, I don't like, like, I didn't like that in the days when I was practicing with like the snappy emails going back and forth and that you didn't do this and you didn't do that. I didn't love that. I was ten years in criminal law, and a lot of that doesn't go on. You're working with much fewer lawyers. The stakes are much higher than than in civil, so the lawyers tend to behave themselves in that. Way, at least in my experience in LA. But even read through motions in both uh, the the Erica case and even in the Brittany case with these back and forth legal letters, I'm like, oh. I hated this part. So I, I try not to engage in it on Twitter either because I'm not getting paid to do so. And I really don't argue with people for free.
0: <laughs> See, that's where I'm <laughs> at. That's the, the level that I'm at. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Bravo, give me a reality show and I will, you know, get met. I will brandy Glanville it up for you at this point. Right. Let's go. I, it's
1: it's that um that's in in clueless where she's talking about. Coming down the stairs and being like, my dad is a litigator, the scariest kind of lawyers, and he charges people five hundred dollars an hour, which tells you how dated it is, because now that would be like two thousand dollars an hour. But charges people five hundred dollars an hour to fight with them, but he fights with me for free. I'm like, yeah, we don't fight with people for free. I will, I will chat about a topic, but no, if you want me to engage at this point, it has to be on behalf of a client, and I'm just not available for it. So you know. I Illegal sparring, it. why waste your energy with it? But I
0: love it. Yes. That's that's my energy moving into 2022. If you want I don't to fight, fight with people with, for free. Yeah, I don't fight with people for free. Put some <laughs> put some money on my name and we'll go. Um for, well, I love it. First of all, Britney is free, right? Like that's like a real well, thing. Free. That's not a headline. I feel no, like do you, you want were to touch
1: do you want to touch on it real quick? yeah, yeah, only because um, it's so fresh I,
0: that everyone's like so excited about this
1: and last time I said britney
0: was free, people were like she's not really free and I'm like, okay, but let me have Emily explain that she is now the headlines
1: free. yes, the headlines have been so misleading in all of this, and there was a motion her dad filed and leaked it to the it seems that it got leaked to the press because his attorney was like, we didn't leak anything I'm like The entire press had it before Matthew Rogar, Brittany's attorney had it before it was stamped in the court. So somebody gave it to them because they all had it first, including me, because I reached out to contacts I had and I was like, do y'all have this? Because it wasn't on the court website yet. So yes, the media all had it. Um, But in this case, this was a motion her dad filed and it felt like a temper tantrum of emotion. It's like, fine, if I can't have her, nobody can. We should just end the conservatorship. And her lawyer was like, touche, touche. I will join in your motion. Let's do that then. And it got put over until November 12th. And the court granted the motion to terminate and end the conservatorship of the person in the finances, leaving open room for the financial part to get wrapped up. And that's going to take a lot of work because all of britney's assets that were in the conservatorship they have to be changed over into a trust for her that will then be managed by business managers and money managers like most celebrities do anyway and so moving everything into a trust moving her companies out of the conservators name and into uh right now the temporary trustees name but into whoever she deems Uh, appropriate. Those LLCs will move over ownership of her trademarks, things like that. So that's going to take time, but it's paperwork. Um, If she wanted to get on a plane and go to Bora Bora today, travel restrictions aside, she could just do it. Like she can just do what she wants. So there are things in place to protect her money. I see people on Twitter saying kind of heinous things. Well, this is going to be a year and she's going to be bankrupt. And it's like, no, there's still There's still a business manager. There's still people involved. I imagine her attorney is still going to be involved with her for at least a year, if not longer. If I was Brittany, I'd be like, what do I need to pay you monthly to just answer my calls? Like just be on retainer. I mean, you don't need seven like Lisa Barlow, but like one will do. (laughs) I think Britney will keep him on retainer and he's going to continue investigating this, uh, the money stuff for a while. So there will be more court dates, but they're not about her personal autonomy and her financial freedom that has happened. So hashtag freed Britney. It's amazing. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. So speaking of Lisa Barlow, we are fresh off of this weekend's episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Highly anticipated. We finally saw the Jen Shaw arrest. We saw the women's reactions. We saw Lisa Barlow on the phone with all of her. Wh- who needs? Why do we need that many attorneys? Is, that, is there a I, real legal reason why we would need so many attorneys?
1: I can't fathom why there are seven attorneys. And I don't know if this is she said, I have seven attorneys on retainer. Now I can understand having like an attorney. I I mean, I don't know of her, how big her businesses are. So this is speculation, but I could see having an attorney that deals with intellectual property and like trademarks, one that maybe deals more with contracts, one that deals with litigation, one that deals with like personal family matters, and then maybe one for taxes, but you generally wouldn't keep those people on retainer all the time. And if you have a lot of stuff come coming up with a business, you would generally have one law firm that has lawyers in all those different areas on retainer and not necessarily have that many individual lawyers. I wonder if she was kind of bolstering a little bit. And some of these are friends and acquaintances that are also lawyers and they're not actually on retainer because I can't, I can't see why you would have seven lawyers on retainer unless you're James Spears and trying to trap your daughter into a conservatorship to Steal her money, allegedly.
0: (laughs) What were your thoughts of Salt Lake City? This episode, I thought, was phenomenal.
1: The responses to the arrest, I think we have more to touch on there. I was so off-put by Meredith in the bathtub. I just and i can't okay. move off the point you're hosting people at your ha- your rental like it is her trip right she's the host have a cheese plate and a hot toddy and and be ready to welcome the women and i've never seen i've never seen someone not welcome people to the girls trip and she, how long was she in that bath how cold was that bath water why is yeah. that the choice that was made i'm so confused
0: yeah. Cause she was in it before Mary got there and then she remained in it. And by the time the other women came and there were still bubbles, like the bubbles, like they,
1: they... she was adding bubbles yeah. and adding water. Like was she, how long was she in the bath? I needed to see the pruniness on the fingers. That's... Why just, why is that the choice?
0: That's too much time in the water. You're right. The fingers would be pruny. You're going to be bloated because your body's just soaking in all the water. No, thank you.
1: No, thank you. And you know, when we got Tamara judge in the in the bath with Eddie, like way back when even then I was like, why is this the choice you're making with a camera guy standing there sound standing there because you'd have to have a boom mic. You yeah. can't be miked in the bath like this is a choice that you have to discuss with production and you've made that choice. And have they all then seen you naked getting into the bath? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why is the choice?
0: <laughs> it always blows me away. People are literally in the shower or in a bathtub Filming for a television show. Yeah, I mean, I would probably and, do it. And it's it, like but...
1: Jen Shaw's getting arrested. I'm getting in the bath. Like this is going. I'm having my moment. This show because she already knew it was going on. Yeah. Was she trying to appear unbothered? I was. I I can't. I can't with it. I was. It was so strange to me that that was the decision.
0: So can you explain what the charges against Jen Shaw are?
1: Absolutely. And we saw the women trying to figure this out and referencing like Ozark. Yeah. <laughs> like we know what's going on. It's only two charges the conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering, mm-hmm. plus a forfeiture charge. So that's what Jen charged with. Those two charges, that's also what Stuart Smith is charged with. And just that, the kind of business opportunity scheme, which actually was broken down pretty well by Whitney. Like what does Whitney know? And I didn't know if Whitney was speculating or if Whitney, Whitney's really talked to Jen a lot about her business, but Whitney had more information. Once that article came out with the charges, Whitney's like, Oh, she's doing this and gaining leads and selling them bullshit and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how did you put that together so fast? Or is it speculation? I have a lot of questions about what Whitney knows.
0: I'm sure Whitney and Heather and Lisa know a lot. I also loved how like unbothered Jenny was about this. She's like, they're obvious. They obviously have a warrant and they're coming to arrest her. And I'm just going to open up her bag. And she's like, I don't know why you guys are tripping. This has nothing to do with you unless, you know, like Jenny was just so like, not she's like, I just want to get on with this trip.
1: Jenny was like, can we just have some Cheetos? The amount of snacks this group of women have, I have never seen this many snacks in a girl's van. Like these are the snacks Ramona needed on the way to Black Shabbat dinner because there was not enough snacks in that van for her. This van had like all like a bo- movie theater boxes of candy and Cheetos. And I was living for the amount of junk food that so the good. women had in that van. I thought it was great.
0: So good. Um. Okay, so- Let's break down the two charges against Jen. I know Whitney Absolutely. broke it down, but I think, can you explain it in legal terms what her business was actually doing and why that was so, as Heather Gay says, unsavory?
1: It was unsavory. So, the conspiracy to commit wire fraud is really a broad, broad charge that the US attorneys use for a lot of different things with Jen Shaw, they're using it to say, look, she was using the interwebs and the wires to find leads and sell them essentially fake businesses is what they're alleging. So they were taking these leads, selling the leads to sales floors, and then she would get a percentage of everything they were sold. The allegations are she wasn't They weren't actually getting what was being sold to them. This scheme goes way deeper as charged to some of the other defendants, but she's charged as the one bringing people into the scheme and then getting a portion of all the different sales floors as they would sell people. And they would tell people, oh, we're doing a website business and your website's going to sell things and make this much money. And we're going to get the website up and running. And then we're going to take care of your business coaching and taxes. And we'll do all these things. And then people, it's alleged that people weren't getting those things. And this has gone on. For quite a while, she was investigated by the FTC and her businesses were sued back in 2012. This case um, has been going on for years and the other co-defendants were sued in uh, 2012. 18, 2019 and indicted and arrested. The sales floors are raided. She knew that the feds fell down on these businesses uh, before she started filming season one. And then count two is the money laundering, which is moving money around in increments that are not going to be detected and moving them um, and alleging to have moved them into some offshore accounts as well. The money laundering, the feds are just going to take all these bank account numbers that they have and trace where the money went. Um, There was also money, like uh, large amounts of cash that were seized from both her house and Smith's house in those torrents that were served we saw on the show last night.
0: So her business was essentially Jen Shaw would go to like grandma Sonia Morgan that's retired at home and be like, hey, I'm going to Take your information, your phone number or your email and provide it to this guy over here that's going to sell you a a Norwegian football team that you can buy. And we know that the Norwegian (laughs) football team isn't a real business, but they're trying to sell it to Grandma Sonia Morgan over there. As if
1: it's a real business. And she's going to buy into it. And then she's going to get a portion of what they sold. And it's alleged that she was picking, there were multiple sales floors across multiple States. It's alleged that she was picking, Hey, these leads get sold this product and that those leads were being scraped off of websites. So if you're landing on a, you know, job opportunities from home website that you're entering in your information for something, you know, some free information and they're then calling you up on the phone. A lot of this hard selling was done over the phone. So they're calling you up over the phone. And that's why the kind of telemarketing scheme is alleged. They're calling you over the phone and selling you this thing. And then um, the high pressured sales of calling you back. And if you just invest this, You're good at this, making claims about what returns they're going to get. And the defense has made it really clear in their motions as this thing is going towards trial that some people did make money off of these websites. So the argument from Jen's side is going to continue to be, this isn't criminal, this isn't wire fraud. If it's anything, it's unfair or illegal business practices, which is a civil matter for fines under the FCC and not a prison sentence for up to 30 years. And the AUSBs are like, yeah, no, we we don't believe you.
0: So being that we see Whitney and Heather talking about knowing the inner workings of Jen's business, but not fully understanding it, is it possible that they could be implicated or questioned or brought into all of this?
1: I don't think so. I mean, even if they knew what she was doing, I can understand. And I do believe Heather. I think Heather's a fairly earnest open book housewife. I don't think she's very calculating. I think the things that she thinks just kind of fall out of her mouth. And when she was saying, I thought it was unsavory, but I didn't think it was illegal. I think a lot of the women are probably in that boat where they're like this thing to all add up. It didn't seem to make sense, but you know, internet marketing is this kind of big amorphous thing and who knows how people make money on the internet. And, you know, what do you mean you make money on YouTube videos? I think people still don't understand the way that internet marketing works. And that's what Jen Shaw was kind of selling her business as in lead generation. But can they be implicated? Not unless they were selling people as well. If they were telling people, Hey, I've got this friend, you need to connect with her. And they were bringing in leads too. There's always that possibility, but the AUSAs have charged so many people in this. Anyone who's implicated, they would have already charged because this is getting to go to trial.
0: It is interesting though, to see how as an audience we're watching this and we're so fascinated by it, but yet we're not quite as up in arms about it as we have been with like Erica, you know what I mean? Whereas Jen Shaw, like there's an actual like the feds are, you know, the ones that arrested her. And she was allegedly preying on vulnerable elderly victims. You know, I'd I'd find that piece a little interesting how we're kind of just watching this and taking it the same way I watched Beverly Hills with like my popcorn and my wine, just kind of watching it unfold on television.
1: It's weird to me, but I've asked this question again and again because I don't really understand the difference in public perception between the two women and between what they did, right? Because Erica, though her behavior on social media was unsavory, Mm -hmm. I don't know how much Erica knew of what Tom did. You and I have had this conversation. We're very much on the same page with Erica spent the money, but I don't know if she knew where the money was coming from, where Jen Shaw knew where the money she was spending was coming from because she was the one doing it. The AUSAs have called her one of the most culpable meaning the most responsible for this scheme, one of the very top defendants. Like if it weren't for her, they wouldn't have brought the people to be defrauded. So she has a very high level of responsibility here where Erica didn't owe a duty to Tom's clients. She didn't owe anything to them. The other lawyers did. But Erica, I don't know how much she knew about where the money was coming from. So when I asked that question, a lot of people said, look, people were rooting for Erica. People liked Erica. People were like, you know, 40 year old icon queen. And as a 40 year old woman who changed (laughs) careers, I get it where you're looking at this woman being like, yeah, I've had kids. Yeah. I've been married, but now it's expensive to be me. I'm going to be a show girl. I'm going to be over the top. And that is something you can cheer for and get behind that story. And so the letdowns a lot greater where Jen Shaw came onto the scene in salt Lake acting like an asshole all season. And you're like, I don't like this woman from the beginning. She just seems awful. So then when it's like, Oh, and she's also doing illegal shit and people are like, "Mm, Okay, I'm not surprised. So (laughs) it's interesting to me, but that's kind of the feeling I'm getting. Is Jen, is there
0: a chance because she's like tweeting and and Instagram storying free Jen Shaw? She's gonna hire Kim Kardashian as her lawyer. Is there any opportunity that she gets out of this, you know, without doing always a
1: chance? There's always a chance. Um, She's not going to plead guilty. There's always a chance you go to jury trial and a jury's like, you know, yeah, a jury's Heather Gay. Yeah, it does seem unsavory. But is this really fraud? The thing is, the weight of the evidence that I will presume is against her, we haven't seen a ton of it. But the Southern District of New York has convicted everyone that's come in these three different cases, which is 30 plus defendants in three different related cases, they've all been convicted. So I don't think that's because they didn't have good lawyers. I think that's because the weight of the evidence against them is fairly high. The Southern District of New York, which is the US Attorney's Office dealing with this case, does not play around. They do not lose a lot. And when they talk about prosecutors not losing, it's because they get to choose when to bring a case. They'll investigate something for a year or more and then go, no, we, we're we not going to win this. So we're not going to go arrest people. So they have a lot of choice over what they bring in. I also think there were, and I can't wait till the evidence comes out. Um, there were a number of defendants in this scheme that pled about a month before Jen was indicted. And I think that they provided the last evidence that kind of tied this. She was not invited with everybody else, um, a year plus ago, two years now at this point. Yeah.
0: Let's divvy so over with to- a jury.
1: Always a chance, always a chance always with a jury. A you never know what they're going to do. And I think Jen has the money to, to kind of take it to the end. Yeah. It'll be interesting if Stuart testifies against her because he's indicated that he's going to take a plea.
0: Yeah. Which is so interesting that you see their relationship on the show now, which is the most we ever got from We didn't get this much of their relationship last season. And it seemed like a really close, intimate
1: relationship. So I'll... It does. It does. And there's moments, I think, that will come into play if she goes to trial where if she tries to defend herself and say i wasn't in charge of this there is footage of her sitting down with stored on a computer being like make me money you know aren't i the best boss in the world and that really is going to bite her in the ass yeah
0: let's talk about beverly hills our favorite topic let's. um before we dive into the erica ron jay of it all <laughs> what was your response now digesting all four parts of the reunion? Were you satisfied with what we got from it? I was very satisfied and I feel like we got a lot of answers that I had questions to.
1: We do. There were things I I didn't understand, like... I, I was, I wanted to hear more from Crystal. I wanted to hear more mm. from Kathy. I wanted to hear more from the other ladies in a reunion. So I kind of don't understand why he didn't just do an Erica special with her, mm-hmm. like a one-on-one sit down with Erica and let it, let it be, ask her those hard questions um, without the other women. I don't know if he was holding the other women would hold her feet to the fire a little bit, but even when they tried, she bit their heads off, which he pointed out. Yeah. Um, Erica looks like someone who's very much under a lot of pressure. Um, and we really saw kind of the cracking around the seams at. And I think that that was, I don't know what else people really want from her. I think she probably said more than she should. And I think she showed some vulnerability, but I know there's some that think it's calculated and yeah. aren't ever going to think anything that comes out of her mouth is authentic. And that's, that's, and that's, you know, you can't fight with an opinion on that. I just disagree. I think, I think she was very honest in why did you leave all these lawsuits pointed at me? And people are like, she didn't say anything about the victims. I'm like, have we not learned that she sees herself as the number one victim here and is very upset about it? Like she's telling you her truth. You just don't like what her truth is. Her truth is this is happening to me and this is all I can see.
0: But the biggest question everybody had coming out of it that they were upset that she didn't answer was the snow in Pasadena, Emily.
1: <laughs> the, uh, look, those stories make no sense to me. And it was very interesting when she's like, they say they can't find a police report. It's it's all very, very odd. Like, it's very odd. Yeah. Um, I don't know where her son lives. It's, you know, so, and I don't want to go tracking it down. He's an LAPD officer yeah. who... By all accounts, has really fought to remain private. I had forgotten until the snow when the car flipping all came up that her ex was named Tom and then yeah. her son is also named Tommy. And I'm like, why are they all named Tom? Too many Toms. Too many Toms. Way too many Toms. <laughs> so, one thing that I
0: did have a question about that I feel like wasn't addressed at the reunion that isn't being talked about enough, but that a lot of people seem to bring up in the case against Erica is these lottery payments yes what are the lottery payments and were they how were they connected to her
1: the lottery payments are well. the lottery payments are an issue they are part of a fee agreement and an award for payment that the court approved splitting up so instead of the money going into tom girardi's law firm girardi keys the money went directly to erica in the form of the structured settlement which is improper. I don't know how a court signed off on this. And it's when people ask me about this stuff in Brittany, they're like, but what about this? Isn't that illegal? And I'm like, no. And also a judge signed off on it. So now you've got to undo what a judge essentially said was okay, even though it's not okay. But what's being argued in the girardi case bankruptcy with the law firm is that that's legal fees, payment of legal fees that have gone into the law firm First, so that money should be clawed back and go into the law firm, It should have gone into Erica's bank account. I'm sure the IRS will be highly interested in this fee structuring agreement because um, I don't know if taxes were paid on that money or not. It's very odd why somebody would structure that money going to their spouse, but the other attorney did it too. Uh, I believe it was Keith Griffin was the other attorney. It could have been Lira, though. I think, two... I think it was
0: Lira because his wife it could was have been receiving it Jacqueline, yeah, Tom's daughter.
1: Yes. And then Lira is his son-in-law. So this money was going to Erica, his wife, and his daughter yeah. in these structured settlements. Um, and the money came from lottery wins. So it was a client that it, it was the person who had been sued, had lottery winnings coming in that were structured. And instead of those coming in, some of them were going out for the lawyer's fees that they owed. And that was very odd the way that that was done. So I think that the bankruptcy trustee for those monies will be able to resolve it and have Erica pay it back into the estate. It seems like the cleanest trace on all of this. Yeah. And that money
0: was those checks were being written in Erica's name and go and being deposited into her bank account, whereas the 20 million, 25 million, that was all expenses paid value received over the course of a decade.
1: That's what it seems. Um, And money's money's paid to the credit card bills and what have you. It doesn't seem like other sums of money directly went into her bank account. If they did, that'll be easy to track. If it was not cash, it should have gone from one bank account to the other. What we've learned from the latest filings and the back and forth with Edelson PC and the bankruptcy trustee is that they are just at the beginning of a forensic accounting of this firm. The bank accounts weren't in really great shape right sorry my my as I need water
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is what I've been saying for the longest time like we need a forensic accounting before all of these big accusations and feelings that we're seeing on social media are coming forth I was like when they start to break these things down which is going to take time then eventually we'll be able to see stuff come to light if there's anything to come to light
1: the bankruptcy trustee really laid it out early on when she brought that first um, kind of breakdown of where stuff was. She said that the bank accounts were in disarray, yeah. that the firm had papers just stacked everywhere, that thing updated in QuickBooks and that the accounting really was not well done. And that's why they're subpoenaing bank records from all the banks that they can find. And then they have to have people go through all those bank records and be like, okay, this money came in here, went out here. That's going to take a tremendous amount time. of time. Yeah. And the big allegations really started with Jay Edelson's law firm, right. with the allegations that Erica had gotten a $20 million loan to her business from Girardi-Keith. That's where all of this started. That initial Edelson-PC lawsuit is where the widows and orphans language came from originally. So that's really kind of the tip of the iceberg with all of this, because Edelson-PC is media savvy enough to have written a complaint that had enough like tea in it, that people were like, Oh, this is interesting. They referred to the divorce as a sham. Right. Um, they referred to the opulent lifestyle. That's also in the press release from Jen Shaw's arrest. Once you're like, they're funding their opulent lifestyle, everybody's ears perk up and they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. And so that was really where everyone started to look at what was going on at Dorothy keys before the bankruptcy was filed. So it's interesting to see what's going on inside now, and it's interesting um, to see what monies the bankruptcy trustee actually finds. Yeah. So
0: one of the big questions right now is: Was Ronald Richards fired, or did he voluntarily withdraw from the bankruptcy ca- from the 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 bankruptcy case or lawsuits? Because I've corresponded with both Ronald Richards and Jay Edelson offline, and they have both set. They're both sticking to their sides of the story, where Ron is very much like, I'm leaving Housewives to spend more time with my family. And this just, it was a mutual <laughs> parting with from Bravo. And then Jay Edelson is like, no, he was definitely fired. And he was probably fired for the threatening emails that he was sending me.
1: I have a lot of questions. And of course, I'm not involved in this. I am a commentator and yeah. a spectator on the sidelines. But... It seems that Ron Richards has put in a fair amount of time and work into tracking down Erica. Legal motions have been filed, court appearances have been made, time has been spent, and we've seen him talk about the time he's spent and how much investigation he's done on social media. He's on a contingency agreement where until money comes out of Erica's pocket and back into the bankruptcy, he doesn't get paid. I don't understand the choice to walk away from getting paid for the work that you've already done willingly. It doesn't track with what I've seen online from him, and it doesn't track for me with what most lawyers would do. Okay, And also, Ron said in his departure tweet that was then deleted, um, I want to spend more we, our bigger mission is, is to do commentary, but back when he won the motions against Erica uh, over what he was saying on Twitter, he did a victory lap on Twitter saying, I'm not restricted in what I can comment on. First Amendment, and right. Yes, there are some things you can't comment on, but he's like, I'm not restricted. I can still be on Twitter. I have a First Amendment right. So his reason for leaving that he initially put out there also didn't track for me. And so something happened. It might've been that the bankruptcy trustee said, what we're not going to do is continue to have this going on. It's distracting to the case. It's costing us more money and we're going to part ways. Are you good with that? And he's like, fine, um, don't fire me. I'm leaving. So both might be right in that, um, he, they came to him and said, you're going to get fired. And he goes, forget it. I quit
0: <laughs> very housewivesy of him. Um, yes. So then to clarify, so now he does not get his commission because he's no longer on the case and he didn't bring any money into the the bankruptcy. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: There's no way there's no way to get paid on a contingency agreement if you don't bring any money in. That is the upside and downside of that agreement is that. If you win, you win big. But if you lose, you've put out a lot of money yeah. that you're not getting back.
0: Oh, vindication feels so good, Emily. It feels so good. I mean,
1: you've said... Look, it Everything doesn't...
0: I've said has continued to check out.
1: Zach, you don't give yourself enough credit. Uh, Your intuition
0: because is... You need to read my ads and my comments on YouTube and you'll I mean... find out why I don't give myself enough credit. <laughs>
1: Same. but But here's the thing. Your intuition is right and you do the research and you're like, I just... I don't care how this plays out. I'm an observer yeah. and I, I want to where the evidence takes me. Right. I want to follow where this story goes. I don't really care what the outcome is. The, these aren't my people. This isn't my life. Follow the money in yeah. this case. And so following the money doesn't make sense because if, if, you know, I could understand if one was like, I'm quitting my initial gut response to, Hey, I'm quitting would be, Oh, they've determined that there's no money there for Erica, which is what her lawyer has been saying since the beginning. Right. Her lawyer, Everett C. Borges, is like, there's no pot of gold here. There is no money. There's no nothing. Good luck to all of you getting you know, blood from a turnip. But if that were the case, then the bankruptcy trustee wouldn't be signing a new contingency agreement with new legal counsel as special counsel to go after Erica. Because if you've already determined there's no money there, you don't need another lawyer to keep you know, pounding sand on it. So there's somebody that's been hired to replace Ron. Yes, he's been replaced. Does this guy have a
0: Twitter account yet? I need to go follow.
1: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I didn't go look. I imagine that we will not see um, the Twitter, the Twitter mess. But once the new lawyers came in, the Edelson PC motion that's going on right now, and we can talk about the ins and outs of that a little bit if you like the opposition to it was withdrawn and that's back in court tomorrow to see what happens on that motion. So it's interesting that, you know, Ron is out and this new attorney came in and then the opposition is out and everything seems to calm down. Um, I understand why Evan was like, no, these emails are a problem and we're not going quietly into the night. So I, th- or, um, okay. apologies, Jay, not Evan. we got Jay, Evan and Ron, we got all the dudes happening and, um, It's just an interesting turn of events that I never thought I would see happen in this case that why would you away from 40% plus costs of potentially $20 million? And if the money's not there, why bring in a new attorney that's going to need to get paid for their work?
0: So Ron and even Evan have alluded to the fact that they don't think that Edelson is truly helping the victims, that his motives are questionable. And they've alluded to some unethical backdoor dealings. Can you explain what their accusations against Jay Edelson are?
1: Absolutely. And it's really against, I mean, Edelson's firm, all of these things that we're going to talk about them in personal ways. All of these things are like, your firm's doing this and you're signing these deals. And even with Ron Richards, it's he was working for the bankruptcy trustee. So his actions reflect on the bankruptcy trustee for Girardi Keyes, but the allegations are, were essentially, and they've been withdrawn because that opposition's been withdrawn, that Edelson PC didn't have a proper fee agreement. So they're not really still representing the Lion Air crash widows and victims. So they're not really altruistically going after this money. And if they're allowed to pursue Erica and get money back from her, that money might've been money that should have gone into the girardi Keys bankruptcy estate. And then essentially they're jumping in front of the line right. to get back money that should go into girardi Keys. So they're fighting over the same dollars. Where Edelson PC is like, no, if Erica got money from the Boeing settlement, it was never the law firm's money in the first place. It always belonged to these. victims, these creditors now, or, um, for Girardi keys. And so the money was never y'alls to begin with because it was taken from these clients who it should have gone to. And we just want to trace back what Erica had. And they have reason to believe based on redacted filings that had, what it seemed to me is they had like bank account here to bank account there. And we're tracing where the money went, that money came in from Boeing into whatever account it went into and then went out to Erica is what they're alluding to in their filing papers. Um, What'll be hard to say is it didn't seem they had individual accounts for each thing. So how do you know that the money came out was the money that came in from Boeing and that it wasn't commingled. So the bankruptcy trustee rather have it under the bankruptcy umbrella Jay Edelson rather have it in Illinois with the judge that's already super pissed about this whole situation and is still going after both David Lira and Keith Griffin in that court. They have contempt proceedings coming up against them and they want to bring Erica into Illinois to answer the lawsuit where she's been sued. there, arguing that the bankruptcy stay, the stopping of all of the litigation to handle it in bankruptcy doesn't apply to Erica because she's not the named debtor. Right. So, hey, we should be able to keep pursuing her over here, but we'll work with you when we find the money. Um, but the other argument on the other side is this is more expensive to Erica. If she has to defend a case in Illinois, she has to hire other attorneys in Illinois. Her attorneys now aren't licensed there. They would need local counsel the same way Girardi Keys hired Edelson PC to represent their interests in Illinois and their clients together in Illinois. So it would be more expensive for Erica. And that maybe is money that could just go back into the bankruptcy instead of defending on two fronts. So I can see the back and forth of it where Edelson PC is like, I don't, my duties to these clients that I was hired to represent, I'm sorry to everyone else. We're trying to track down our Boeing money and we're not taking our fees out of it, which they've said in multiple court filings. So just pay out the widows and orphans. And the other side saying, if you're going to make Erica defend lawsuits on multiple fronts, that's all money that should just go back into this bankruptcy instead of being fought out here. The widows and orphans are already in line in the bankruptcy, and they'll get paid when they get paid. Um, yeah, but they're at the so back of the line. It's interesting. They are at the back of the they line. They are at the back. The so when Ron
0: was out there saying that he was fighting for the victims, he was fighting for the bank lenders that were getting paid first. Let's be clear. The what? legal lenders yeah.
1: and the Rego Gomez family are at the yes. top of the list because they have for these their secured 11 million. loans. Yes. Yeah, they have the secured loans. Um, and that's because the legal lenders knew to file all the paperwork right. to secure their loans. That and most the other, other clients, clients
0: didn't. didn't. Yeah. Um, it is also interesting, though, Just to toot my own horn, this legal strategy that Jay Edelson is now going with is a legal strategy that I broke down a couple months ago about how the the former clients should be able to sue Erica and or not just Erica, but David Lear and Keith Griffin, all these other players separately and individually because they are at the back of the list, with exception for the Rui Gomez family, at the back of the list when it comes to the bankruptcy. And then, you know, there was the argument, well, is the bankruptcy really fighting for the victims the way that they're claiming to fight for the victims? Victims, or are they fighting to help a lot of these lenders that gave Tom Girardi money that take precedent over the what well, depends on how you de- define the term victim, because technically the- they are victims, but they're not the former clients that were are claiming that they didn't receive their settlement money.
1: Yeah, the bankruptcy goes after the creditor goes after the money to bring back in a big pool of money and then dole it out you know, like Halloween candy to who's ever first in line. And the order of priorities and bankruptcy are not something that are derived morally. They're not derived with emotion. They're derived with who filed, when did they file, how much are they owed and go down the line. No one's going to get a hundred percent of their money, Right. but the everyone that's at the back of the line right now are the unsecured creditors. And those are mostly the former clients. So they do come at the back. And for a lot of us, the moral, the morality of it all Mm -hmm. is yeah, but these are companies that have insurance. They're companies that saw red flags. And we see that in their filings. They saw red flags and they said, yeah, we'll keep giving our boy Tom some cash. It's fine. We have a lien on his house. It's cool. It's cool. The They knew what was going on based on their legal filings and made a choice the clients, it seems to me, did not know and weren't savvy enough to know and weren't yeah. savvy enough to know that they needed to file. Um, and that's not their fault. Right. That was Tom, it seems to me, working the system right. that he had worked before because the there have been numerous clients that have sued him and they were outside the statute of limitations. And the court was like, we're so sorry that you didn't get paid by your lawyer, but you didn't sue your lawyer fast enough. And there's nothing that you can do. It very much has felt to me since the beginning that he used that to his advantage and strung people along um, long enough that there was nothing they could do about it. And I think that's a bit of a failing of the legal system by having that short um, that really short window to sue your attorney, but also <laughs> the laws are written in part by the lawyers. So right. I'm not surprised by it. It's distasteful.
0: So we know that the outstanding balance within the Lion Air, which is the orphan and widows, in that case is $2 million, correct? Or, yes. So what's the most that Jay could possibly even get out of Erica? Because he's not pursuing her for the 20 to $25 million. He's only working on behalf of the orphans and widow clients from yeah. the Lion Air case. So what's the most that she would likely have to pay up?
1: I mean the most that she could pay is that 2 million cuz that's what owed that's what's owed. He's not asking for her, their legal fees on top of that. That's the amount that has not been paid to the clients that they represented. It'll probably be settled for less than that um and settled for a percentage, but it's going to depend on what the court does and if this goes to Illinois or not and if Erica has to fight lawsuits on multiple fronts or not, which is going to get very expensive for her very fast and then she's going to eat up any money she could have paid in With legal fees, potentially. And that's really where this fight is. And that's why Erica's fighting against being dragged to Illinois to defend with these other two attorneys who also I would like trace the money back to them, too. Yeah,
0: Keith Griffin and David Lira. Yeah, those are the ones we should really be.
1: Yes. And I've been following a case in South Carolina with Alex Murdoch, who it's the craziest case I've ever seen. But part of it is clients that didn't get paid. Once his law firm found out, they fired him, they made a statement on their website, the other partners pooled their money and paid the clients back. And then the other partners sued him for the funds. So you we've seen this happen in other cases where the firm acts differently and where the lawyers act differently. Those lawyers didn't have to open their pockets and do that. they could have waited for insurance, but they said no, the right thing to do is to pay these clients. We will sue our partner who did this and try to get the money back from him if they can. And I would have liked to have seen Lyra and Griffin do the same thing um pull to pull together whatever money you have from the fees you got paid out if you can make sure these clients get paid because you represented them. I think they just didn't want to set the precedent of all of these clients then suing them yeah. too. Yeah. And that, that makes sense,
0: but they're also hiding and plea the fifth and not really.
1: I mean, they have to, I don't think they want to yeah. be criminally implicated in some of what was going on. And there are, you know, is this fraud is this embezzlement and those are things that can be criminally pursued and they've also said they can't defend the contempt hearings cuz they don't have the books and they don't have access to the books they were just employees this is their their, their statements yeah. essentially through court documents they were just employees they just got paid they tried to do the right thing tom didn't want to hear it and so they decided there was nothing else they can do and they left I mean, Erica was the last person to bail on Tom. The lawyers at his firm bailed on him first. And I think we don't talk about the lawyers at the firm enough. Right. They're the ones who owed a duty to these clients. They're the ones who had a duty to do something if Tom really wasn't paying clients, yeah. something more than what they did. But the California bar doesn't make you rat out other lawyers. Um, you don't have, there's like a no snitch rule yeah. and you're not required to, but morally and ethically, the right thing would have been for someone to raise a red flag about what was going on at Girardi keys, but they all bailed. Their own assets. And seems.
0: like I understand people not liking Erica's behavior. I can't defend her behavior. But at the end of the day, these lawyers worked in the law firm. They knew the settlements. They knew the workings. They knew that clients weren't getting paid because clients were trying no. to hit up the office to get their settlement money. And they walked without doing anything. Not yeah. only did they have the fiduciary responsibility to the clients, but like you said, morally and ethically, they had a duty to the law of reporting him or doing something more than just turning the other cheek and walking away. Whereas Eric, and that's why the judge in
1: Illinois is so mad. Yeah, no, that's exactly, you're exactly right. The Illinois judge is like, why didn't you bring this to the court? Then what you needed to do was tell the court that the person in charge of the purse strings at your firm is not paying these clients. They are going there are going to be consequences for them in Illinois because that judge is outside of the rips and the allure of the Keys firm and is not playing and was so pissed. And we saw it kind of play out this season when the assets were initially frozen and all of that. That all happened in the Illinois case because of Edelson PC suing over all of this behavior.
0: So what can you explain what's going on with the, the fight against Erica and the community property that they think that she is owed to the to the bankruptcy?
1: Absolutely. So there's two bankruptcies against Tom, as we talk about all the time. The Girardi Keese one with the law firm that still has a way to go. The law firm, remember, still has cases that are out there with now fee agreements between the lawyers that are finishing those cases. And the law, the the legal fees that will come into Girardi Keese will then get distributed back out to Uh, Both the clients that they got settled for in the current cases and then all the legal fees instead of paying Tom will go to the other clients. So there's still money to come in over there with the personal bankruptcy that's selling the house and trying to find, I don't know, the Baccarat champagne flutes that disappear in the middle of the night and bring them back in and figure out how to pay off the creditors that owe personally. And we saw that filing from Jason Rund early that showed that like fees hadn't been paid to dry cleaners and gardeners and the equine vet in Florida for the racehorses amongst other things, including the Rego Gomez family, because they put a lien on Tom's personal property as right. well. And so did some of the legal lenders. So there is a special um, litigator hired there as well. You wouldn't know because he doesn't tell you on Twitter, but Boris Trazion is dealing with that side of the from Max Law Firm trying to figure out what erica has that might be community property and it's not super and dry in california what is isn't is community property what isn't isn't gifts she's trying to say a lot of the property that she was given the chagall the ring the all these things were gifts from tom where the bankruptcy is going to argue no those are paid with community funds those are community property those items go back into the bankruptcy to be auctioned and we might see an auction like we saw from the law firm who knows what we'll see from that auction i mean if is the chagall going up i mean that might sell better than the pasadena mansion so and the pasadena mansion is still on the market and has not sold and has been tumbling in price um i wonder the state of the mansion and why it's not selling because it's a big property
0: who's really going to want to move into the, the the mansion from the man that was ripping off the orphans and the widows
1: I mean, I well, don't know. Well, actually, you know Somebody what I want to see? OJ's house?
0: You know what I want to see, though, Emily? Ron Richards was saying he was going to buy the house if it didn't sell so that he can help pay back the orphans and the widows. I'm going to hit him up on Twitter for that. And I'm be like, hey, Ron, the house is still for sale. Are you interested? I did
1: not. I don't. I didn't know he had said that. He said that a, while, a few months ago. Um, Interesting. Somebody's, I mean, eventually <laughs> it'll be bought or it'll be bought by a property <laughs> yeah. management company. It, it will sell. I think people bold know it has to sell and know that the price will continue to drop because it's being sold by a bankruptcy court and not by a individual. So I think people are waiting to get a deal. I also think it was probably listed over, um, over what it was really, truly genuinely worth. So
0: one of the questions that people sent in was about Jay Edelson going after Erica for the two million, and if she has to pay that in Illinois, does that deduct what the bankruptcy can then come for her? Does that do they knock off two million dollars from their pursuing? I her? mean,
1: it. De- well, it depends on how they track the money to her. The. Tw- the argument is, and we still don't know because there's not a forensic accounting. The argument from Jay Adelson is, look, we can track the Boeing money directly to her. So she owes it back to these particular uh, clients nice. where in the bankruptcy, they're like, we're tracking this other money that went to her. So it's possible that this is in addition to, but it's possible that when they said, look, she, we think she owes about, 20 million that she got out of the bankruptcy, that that 20 million does include this $2 million. But if it includes it, then it's money that was already owed anyway. So it's the same money either way. If she got 2 million that came out of the Boeing settlement, then she owes it back wherever it goes into. Um, but if it goes back into the bankruptcy, the fees come out of it first. The bankruptcy trustee gets paid, whoever the special uh, litigator is, and I forget the name of the, the law firm that was just appointed. They all get their fees out of that before it gets redistributed, where if it goes through Edelson PC, they've said they're not taking fees and it would just go to the Lion Air clients. We should so. And we'll have
0: to see how that all plays out.
1: It We will, and we'll get a ruling in court this week, I think, I mean, unless, of course, the court puts it over again, but it's scheduled for hearing this week on the 16th to see if they're going to allow Erica to be pursued outside of the bankruptcy, and the trustee just removed their objection, so it's very possible she's going to end up fighting this case in Illinois as well, but what Edelson has said is we want to investigate Um, we want to be able to investigate where the money is and then we will work with the bankruptcy court. So this wouldn't just be, I don't think Edelson's flipping the bird to the bankruptcy court and saying, we're taking what's ours and we're getting out of here. Which is what it looked
0: like initially. It looked like he was just trying to jump the line. But now as the pieces are starting to shake out, which is why I continue to remind everybody, it's like, let's see this all play out piece by piece before we make our judgments.
1: And at the end of the day, their law firm's duty is to the Lion Air clients the above clients. all else. Right. That's who they're paid for. They owe them a duty. But um, as that settlement has happened and the case is closed as to those clients, there is ongoing argument about whether he even really represents those clients anymore because the agreements were signed with Girardi-Keese. And that's kind of where the perspective the bankruptcy court was coming from is like, look, you're no longer local counsel. These cases are done. Um, and you're just suing on behalf of your legal fees because you're not suing on behalf of the clients. So there is some legal wrangling that has gone on because of the procedural state of things. And that's very interesting. And that's where the you got Erica filing in court saying that he, uh, Edelson PC had an unethical and illegal fee agreement, but an illegal fee agreement in California is not necessarily an illegal fee agreement right. in Illinois. And so there was a lot of wrangling and I think, Edelson's statement and all of it was well. We're not looking for fees. Why are we talking about this? Who cares? And but Erica's like, well, because I'm going after you, and I don't want to fight this in two different uh, courthouses. It's a it's a lot more money.
0: Edelson's claiming that he has concrete evidence that links the money directly to Erica. Yes. What is what uh, we obviously know that the evidence has been redacted, um, which Ronald Richards made a stink about on Twitter. But what could Aside from bank records, what could the actual evidence be?
1: I think it's bank records. And it was interesting to me that Richards made a stink about it on Twitter. Because when I went through the legal filings, Richards was sent a letter directly with all of that information in it that wasn't redacted. Mm. So it was redacted in the court filing, which Edelson should have made the motion to file under seal that they made, should have filed it under seal, then filed the redacted copy. Um, But they sent Ron a really thorough letter saying this is how we're tracing the money with all that information in it that letter would not have been redacted so it's interesting to me cuz i'm like wait a second i'm reading the back and forth in the emails you got a letter that's <laughs> not redacted or at least that's what it seems if edelson sent if edelson sent that letter to him redacted then i can understand the are you kidding me but it looks like it's tracing bank records and knowing which bank accounts go to where and tracing when the Boeing money came out, because they would have known when that got paid into the law firm, yeah. seen the bump in money, and then seen the money going right. out. Yeah. So bank so records like bank and timestamps, yeah,
0: of yeah. when the transfers were actually being made. Because I did think that she made a good point, maybe not with this $2 million with Edelson, but she made a good point at the reunion of saying, well, if I'm being pulled into question for this money, then every other person's salary at the law firm should also be pulled into question as well.
1: I don't disagree. Um, But it wouldn't. Salaries, probably not. It would be extra money, bonuses and things like that. But I don't disagree. There should be a a wider net here. Um, And it seems they think there's this pool of money with regard to Erica. And I really, truly don't know if that exists. I want Trisha
0: A. Bigelow's butt to be refunded back to the victims.
1: Repo that ass. Um, (laughs) Repossession. Repo that caboose. Um, It's just, it's very interesting. And it'll be interesting with the forensic accounting to see where this money went. went. I think, again, and I said this from the beginning, not always a popular opinion, but Erica could be left holding a substantial amount of debt in all of this. And that's before the IRS finishes whatever they're going to do because there's no way this hasn't already landed on their radar and they're not looking into what was going on between all these different companies. That's going to take time, but that's going to be investigated as well. Erica's going to be left holding a lot um, in this, I think.
0: So right now we're trying to bring back all the money that was already spent. However, There a good point that was brought up by Christina on, I believe she sent this in to us on Instagram, was that um that there are all these other pending cases of Girardi Keys. There's the Las Vegas shooting, the uh, menthane link, the the NFL case. Okay. Those are being referred to other firms, but those are believed to be some of the most lucrative assets in the Girardi Keys bankruptcy at this point. Absolutely. So What percentage of those should they win those settlements? What percentage of those could come into the bankruptcy? And is that a smarter strategy to finish pursuing those rather than trying to claw up all this money that's already been spent?
1: And that's why they have the special litigator to go after Erica. So the bankruptcy trustees firm can can stay focused on on the other stuff. So that's why they've got it's the attention split between different lawyers and different law firms. But each of those, when they referred out those cases to other lawyers, each one had a filed um, stipulation with the court that showed how much the other firm would get and how much Girardi-Keese would get. So it varies by case, but all of those have already been filed and signed through the courts. There's thousands of documents that have been filed in this year in this bankruptcy. So that's all been done. And there will be a percent. Percentage of lo- legal fees that come back into Gerardy Keys when each of those cases settle, and then those will not go to pay Tom. Those will not go to Erica. Those will go to the creditors, yeah. and so that's why this bankruptcy is going to be open for quite a while because there are some substantial cases out there and some that have just started to settle. So there is money that's going to be coming in versus the bankruptcy on the personal side. It's The money that's coming in is selling off property, tracking down property, and trying to kind of disengorge whatever Erica has that's of value that might have been community property.
0: And the trustee still gets a percentage of those cases, correct? So as, as that money comes in, they get a small fee. This Christina is asking if they still get the 40%, but the 40% was only to Ron because he was special counsel, and he was only getting 40% of what he pulled in from Erica. But yeah, the trustee, it was different. Yeah, the trustee, the trustee doesn't make 40%. Paid.
1: No, the trustees not on a contingency, they're on a fee agreement and they get paid more like an hourly based on the amount that they're working. So whenever money comes in, in those agreements and each time money comes in, like with the selling of the house in Palm Springs, when the money came in, you saw how much went to taxes, how much went to brokerage, how much went to creditors and how much went to the trustee and to the trustees attorneys that are doing this work because the trustees also have law firms representing them.
0: A question that I did have that I probably should have asked a few questions ago, but it just popped up into my head is about the technically the salary, because we've known that Tom Girardi never really took a salary. So this is why I think there's a really this is why we need to see the forensic accounting, because we know that when a settlement came in for a case, there is a percentage that's entitled to the law firm. And I would assume there's a percentage of that that's entitled to Tom Girardi for his salary, for being at the law firm. So wouldn't we need to determine those pieces first to also determine if the money that went to Erica was technically part of the settlement money or part of the 40% that was entitled to Girardi Key's part or possibly a potential salary that Tom Girardi was owed to for the year?
1: I don't think he had Um, a setup like that because he was running as a sole proprietor, which is very odd to me when I found (laughs) that out. So he didn't really have a set amount. He, it seems from all the court documents was just using his law firm as his personal bank account Mm -hmm. and just kind of taking whatever he thought he was entitled to where the other attorneys were like W-2 salaried. You get paid this much. We've seen his brother was getting paid twice. $20,000 twenty thousand dollars plus every two weeks based on the the breakdowns in the filings from the business side of the bankruptcy. But Tom didn't have a set salary. He was just drawing off the business and running personal expenses through the business, which is going to make all of this more complicated about what was he entitled to and what was he not entitled to. But when you go back a year and start to look at when the firm was starting to become insolvent, if he's drawing money off, they're going to say, no, you shouldn't have been drawing money personally. You were favoring yourself. That money should have been going to pay back creditors. So there will be a look into that, but there's only so far back they can go with how much money he took. And that's what Erica's attorney has been arguing too. At the beginning of all of this, he gave statements, a very few media statements, given how much was being discussed by the special litigator. But he said, look, we don't know if Erica's on the hook for any of this money from the law firm. Um, it seems that the lottery payouts are the most easily traceable, right. but if Tom Girardi's just paying And just, he shouldn't have been doing any of this. But if Tom's paying the credit cards through his firm, it's going to be really hard to trace that money back and say, no, this is fees that should have been, should have stayed within the law firm versus should have been paid out to you personally by paying your credit cards. That's going to be very difficult to parse out. And that's why Erica's not just settling, even though Ron Richards was on Twitter saying, you have 10 days to pay us and then we'll go away. Erica's attorney is saying, no, we don't know how much you actually owe. Right. And I think with this 20 million dollar number out there, when Erica does or if Erica does pay back into the girardi Keys bankruptcy estate, people are going to be shocked that it is a substantially lower number. Right, 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 right.
0: Well, especially because there's also, I would assume, statute of limitations where the 25 million is over the course of 12 years. And I would assume that some of that money they wouldn't be able to pursue anymore.
1: Correct. Correct, and her attorneys have been arguing that. Zach, you've gone to like Housewives Law School. I think you know more than Kim K at this point. You could probably pass the baby bar and I'm living for it. You're like, there's a statute of limitations. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Wait till we get to jurisdictional issues with Illinois. We're going to, we're going to have a whole conversation about jurisdiction. It's fun. It's like where you start.
0: <laughs> so to wrap it up, I want to talk about the Girardi divorce because Ron was also tweeting about this. He tweeted that um, on Friday, the the Rui Gomez uh, lawsuit, I get it. Cause people DM me all every time. Ron. I don't even have to follow Ron. I just get DMS of his tweets all the time. But so he tweeted that the Rui Gomez family lawsuit against Tom ended with $11 million judge, against Tom, meaning any leftover money would go to them. Um, And then he says that trustee... Jason runs lawsuit against Tom has a response date of November 29th. If Tom defaults, there won't be an automatic stay any longer as Tom can't get a discharge. There will be no assets left for Eric to, for Erica to look to in a divorce. So the question that was sent in was if Tom can't get a discharge and if we find more assets, would that free Erica of her liability?
1: I don't liability in the divorce or liability in the bankruptcy?
0: I would assume the question is referring to the personal bankruptcy that Jason Wright is coming for her in with community property.
1: I mean, if Tom can't get a discharge, she, she can still be on the hook as a co-debtor. Um, so no, it doesn't clear her necessarily, it might open the door for others to sue her individually because it would start winding down the bankruptcy because there's no bankruptcy discharge, but it wouldn't wind it down immediately. So sorry, I you threw me off because you were like, we're going to ask about the divorce and then that's not really divorce. No, it's but not. But it was. But once. His- yes. Once the bankruptcy wraps up, then they can go forward with the divorce. With the divorce, I think they're going to go for a contested divorce because excuse me because of his competency and allow the court to just kind of rubber stamp it no one gets any money no one gets any spousal support we just walk. you all you' all just you go your own way and you take nothing but the bankruptcy is going to have to wind up first because there might still be assets she has to pay back in if that makes yeah, sense yeah. I think that answers the question I'm I think yeah before. I think so too. I mean
0: Ron's <laughs> tweets are always very vague because they they kind of go a roundabout way
1: um yes so- The Jason run Rundle- suit is in the personal bankruptcy is very interesting, but it's alleging um, some fraud and malfeasance, and that can make it impossible to discharge the bankruptcy, meaning if any money comes back into the estate if things are sold, um, that you can still be responsible for it if money f- is found later. Those debts don't just go away. They're going to continue to hang over your head. Normally, when the bankruptcy wraps up, everybody gets paid out. All of the debts, except for government debts and a few, a very few other things, just go away. So if you pay 30% of it, then the rest of it goes away. Um, and they're asking to not do that for Tom. And that would impact Erica as well, because she's still married and she's still responsible for those debts.
0: So then, okay. so then this may be where this question fits in is if she let's say the divorce is finalized tomorrow and they're just like, okay, cut ties, walk away from Tom Girardi. Does that free her of having to pay any of those debts while they were married?
1: If they don't carry those debts over to her, yes. If it's like these debts are his and they stay with him, then yes, it could clear her out a little bit, too.
0: But it doesn't look like we're going to get a, a, a divorce anytime soon. It doesn't look no. like that's the priority. I think all of this of is going to
1: have to be yeah. done because it's still under the stay. But if the personal bankruptcy starts to wrap up and that estate is known, um, then you can start looking at dividing up the assets. But Eric is going to argue these debts are his debts and they're going to be like some of this is community property debt. Yeah. So the legal lender debt, though, I think is going to be squarely his because the Pasadena house is his yeah. like she didn't have a ton of sets other than her closet. It seems but from she, what she did try
0: to get that six hundred thousand from it, Emily.
1: She did. <laughs> she did out of the house and she may be entitled to it. But even if she gets the six hundred thousand out of the house, that could be money very easily that's turned around and paid back into the bankruptcy right. of the law firm. I I don't think there's a windfall for Erica in any of this. I think she's trying to um, pull money in because money's going to get paid out. I think at the end of the day, it's a net loss for her. Yeah.
0: Well, I know I'm going to be ready to buy that tell all book once this is all resolved and she's ready to make that. I
1: will buy the tell all. And if there is another, if another auction, I'm very interested in what's going to be sold.
0: I want the Panther ring
1: mean, <laughs> that's what I want to see. I don't we want. Can, I don't want the can, lingerie yeah. that was
0: found at Girardi <laughs> Keys. Forget the lingerie. Let's see the Panther oh, ring.
1: Oh, Ryan Bailey that wanted the lingerie. <laughs> I mean, it needs to go in the. It he. I w- I hope. I, I need to message Ryan and be like, can you put this like in a framed shadow box and send it to watch what happens live to go into the clubhouse? Like I feel yes. like it's kind of iconic.
0: At this point, yes. I did bid on a few of those items <laughs> and I got outbid on everything in the end. I was very disappointed, Emily. I was I,
1: I mean, some of it was just odd to me, especially the like the, the legal chests? awards and oh, stuff. Yeah.
0: It was just odd. Or the the giant photos of Tom Girardi.
1: I mean, I don't want, I, I definitely don't want Tom Doherty looking at me while I'm in no. my office. And a lot of it was just, I mean, I would have bid on wine if I was going to bid on anything, but a lot of it was just kind of, it's the whole thing is at the end of the day, sad. And there's yeah. a lot of like intrigue in it. And I, as a DA, I enjoyed embezzlement cases and fraud cases. Cause I liked looking through people's bank accounts. I'm that nosy bitch. I'm like, I get to trace your money and see where it's going and see what you're spending it on and how you're spent. I'm fascinated by that. And I'm, there's going to be that in the forensic accounting, but there's kind of this darkness overriding it. Cause it's not just, Oh, Tom didn't pay all these businesses. The human cost of this case is just so high that it takes a little bit of that kind of salaciousness out of it. And that's just a- same with Jen Shaw's case. It's the the human cost of these cases is high. It's not just businesses that are are getting screwed over. And that's where it's like this reality meets kind of this dark side of human nature that's colliding together. And we're just like, all right, well, I'm going to I'm going to get some popcorn and wine and we're going to what happens?
0: we're going to watch. There were some dark live.
1: moments with Jen Shaw's stuff.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, well, we'll see how this all continues to play out. I I don't think either yes, cases will, will be solved anytime soon.
1: Oh, well, Jen's, Jen's is supposed to have a resolution. Oh, if it has the trial court date in March. Up, right? It will resolve. The bankruptcies are not going to resolve quickly. We're we're in it for another few seasons, I think.
0: So Jen could likely go to prison come March. Is that what we're saying? It's happening that soon?
1: I mean, that's when her trial starts, I think. I don't remember what the trial estimate was. It was a number of weeks. Um, So March, April. Yeah. We could have a resolution on her trial if it starts when it's supposed to. Oh, I so. we absolutely could see that. I think that's
0: when she, by Sheree supposed to drop March, April, spring, summer, (laughs) fall,
1: Perfect. Perfect.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Emily, for chatting with me today and breaking all of this down. What are the hot legal deep dives that are going on in your channel right now that people can can go tune in for?
1: We have been very busy over on the Emily D Baker on YouTube between the World lawsuits, um, which is a tragic case. We've been following the Alec Baldwin Russ shooting because there's Very interesting liability questions there. Another reality TV case that is way too dark is the Josh Duggar uh, prosecution that is going to trial at the end of November. There aren't a lot of light topics. (laughs) We're going to continue to celebrate Britney because we need some good news in our lives. And and. For a little bit of fun, Carol Baskin, Tiger King, is suing Netflix, and it's delicious.
0: (laughs) I love her. I just had her on a couple weeks ago. I love Carol Baskin so much, like just the character of her. I can't wait to watch Tiger King too.
1: Netflix brought the shade in their responsive filing to Carol Baskin and we're diming out how much money she's making on Cameo. I was dying. I'm like, look at you getting shady <laughs> lawyers for Netflix.
0: <laughs> I love it. I That's love also it. going
1: to hearing this week because Carol Baskin is trying to make sure that Tiger King 2 doesn't, doesn't get released yeah. on Wednesday. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to get
0: released. Oh, yeah. They're going to release it and then deal with whatever payback that there or whatever retaliation, if any, she has. It's a very
1: interesting. I mean, I people can shade Carol Baskin all they want, but legally she might not be wrong. It's not super clear that their appearance release covered the re-release in the sequel. Well, because oh. when I had her on, she was saying,
0: like, I signed on for one documentary and then they created a series out of it. And then now they're trying to do a second series. But I also know, I mean, maybe, you know, like when you sign those releases, you're basically giving over your entire image likeness and and everything to these networks.
1: Well, it was signed for... One, and and she's not wrong. She left out some of the appearance releases and Netflix is trying to say this included sequel rights, but generally when you're signing on for a project, you would know the scope of the project and she's not wrong. It says the project and it lists it as just the one documentary. It does not list it as for whatever purposes later. So the contract's aren't clear. And I think she could end up getting some money at the end of this because it doesn't have kind of that industry standard of SQL rights in there. And it, the language There was language in a like 2018 that had it for subsequent use for future use. But that language isn't in the last standing contract. So it's going to be a very interesting fight about the appearance release language. And this is going on in another movie that was released with Terrence Howard, where they never got an appearance release for him. Released the movie anyway, put him on the movie poster and he's suing over it. Cause he's like, I never signed the appearance release. You guys never got it to me. And then you released this film. So there are some really interesting questions of no production can't just do whatever. And so I'm living for the shade in the Carol Baskin lawsuit. And the fact that at the end of the day, it's not super dark. Cause it's just over whether Carol gets paid more or not. Yeah. And it's an interesting legal case. So
0: well, right now she's not even looking for money. She just doesn't want them to to make money off of her. Yeah, and that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's my god, I love it. That's not gonna happen at all. I love it. What are your your links and social handles for people to go and follow?
1: Absolutely, I'm at the Emily D Baker all over social: Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and then my podcast is the Emily Show, and it's been doing really well in the entertainment news category. So that's where we live.
0: I love it. Everybody needs to go and follow and support Emily mm-hmm. D. Baker at the Emily D. Baker. She is the legal analyst, expert commentator, mm-hmm. former L.A. district attorney, right? I got that right. Former L.A. Deputy district, district attorney, attorney. Oh, deputy, but yes. Deputy, deputy district deputy. attorney. Deputy.
1: I was not the elected bossy boss of the office. I was just an employee. So, yes. So. Former LA County Deputy District Attorney of over 10 years. Real lawyer.
0: Real lawyer, I hang my bar.
1: I should hang my uh, my big like bar stuff in the back here yes. somewhere, but I kind of appreciate the shade on Twitter. It always makes <laughs> me giggle.
0: I love it. Yes, real lawyer. Go give her a follow. You guys can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. Follow the show at No Filter with Zach, and stay tuned. There's lots more tea to be spilled. I'll chat with you this Thursday, and if you haven't done so yet for this weekend, go and stock up on some No Filter wine at No Filter Wine.com. It's a housewife's inspired rose, 14% alcohol by volume, so you will be getting Liddy City. Go and stock up at nofilterwine.com. I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.